Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Nyla Schwab. Coming up on this episode. We'll be talking to one military veteran who went from serving her country to serving humanity through living donation. And I'll be talking about curiosity and how it can change your life. So stay tuned for that. I thought you were going to say killed the cat. Oh, I was waiting yes. for that one. All that and more. <laughs> the Gifted Life, guys. Hang on. Hi, welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, guys. We are so excited to introduce you to our two newest friends. We have Lindsay Gutierrez. Hey, Miss Linz. Hi. Hi, welcome. And then we have Sharon Kreitzer. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. These ladies have an incredible story. Lindsay, we're going to start with you. You reached out to the podcast. Extra mm-hmm. points for you. We love that. <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast and thanks for wanting to tell your story. But as we learn more about Lindsay, we just thought incredible woman, right? Mm-hmm. Powerful military veteran wanting to help others. We're always looking for somebody uh, who goes out of their way to make life happen. And how do they do that? So Lindsay, did you know about donation before you got into the world of living donation? Tell us about your history. Well, I I had known about it. I was familiar with living donation, but it wasn't something that was really on my radar per se. I was, I, I checked the box. I feel like that most people do on their driver's license of wanting to be a deceased donor when that time comes. But I never gave any thought to being a living donor until I had a friend from a pageant last year talk to me about a friend of hers who needed a liver uh, transplant. And then it just so happened months later, I saw the ad for Dove in a magazine at work and it all went from there. I thought this is just the perfect way to be able to give back to somebody. It truly is an ultimate gift of life. And I couldn't think of a better way to be able to provide that love to somebody than helping save their life. See, I like how you put that there. I love it. I love the mission. So, um, Dove, you mentioned that. So, Sharon, we're going to bring you in. You're the founder and executive director of Dove. And in a nutshell, what is Dove? Well, Dove stands for Donor Outreach for Veterans. And it is um, a community-directed organ donor outreach program that aims to find a living donor for every veteran in the United States who needs to get off the long kidney transplant wait list. So I thought what better way for people to give back to veterans than in this this life-saving way and telling veterans, we have your back, you had ours, we have yours. And I thought that if I could raise awareness in the not only military community, but also the general public, that there were at least 2,000 veterans who were waiting for life-saving kidney transplants, would that that awareness um, encourage people to step up and learn about kidney donation if they knew their gift of a kidney, uh, their gift of giving a kidney could go directly to help a veteran in need? 
And so I launched this organization in 2020 and um, have been blown away by the response from the community. And in fact, people are stepping up and we have been able to facilitate 22 uh, living donor transplants in the past two years. So 22 veterans' lives have been saved because of Dove and because of phenomenal people like Lindsay who want to give the gift of life. That's that's amazing. And and so you talk about the veterans that that do have the needs for for kidney transplant, for liver transplant and, and all the different transplants. I know being on kind of more working with the private uh, transplant centers, there is that challenge, right? Like so it it's not very easy for or it's it's a little different system, right? The veterans uh, versus a private. Actually, it's not. Veterans um Veterans are listed both in the VA transplant centers. So there's eight kidney transplant centers in the VA medical system. And then there's a Department of Defense kidney transplant program at Walter Reed. They all share the same wait list as all as all people who are waiting share. So it's the same, it's the same system. Um, but we know that veterans have you know, they're, they're higher risk as well. The transplant rate for veterans is lower than non-veterans. And a lot of veterans come from raci- racially and ethnic minority backgrounds. And it's well documented that the transplant rate for those populations is lower um, as well. So Dove reaches out of the immediate community of many veterans and goes to the larger community, which is, again, tapping into a new resource of potential donors. So it's literally, just simply put, a matchmaking. I'm matchmaking. Swipe left. clever. And, um, you know, so I have the, the names and the registration information of the veterans and I'm just raising awareness in the public and then a little extra than matchmaking is because of my background in transplant and I've been in the field myself for over 20 years I'm able to provide um, education and information to the potential donors so they're really assisted along the way and supported along the way through the process because you know, it could be a complex system to navigate as a donor. And so I try to help make it as um, seamless as possible. Um, and then the Dove community is here. Now we have Lindsay and 22 other donors who are supporting each other through the process. So that's yeah. a beautiful thing as well. Oh, Lindsay, this is Nyla. And I just, you know, listening to all this, it's just so amazing the the impact that you're having in this community and um i love the website that y'all have um and and you see the faces so we can now put faces to the names of donation which is so sometimes we just don't get to see enough of that so um i just want everybody to know that um the your website is dovetransplant.org and it, it is just a beautiful website it it shows us stories it shows us faces it um it brings it home and makes it so human and real. Nicely done. Nicely done. So, Lindsay, I'm going to go back to you, get back to your story. So you just see an ad for Dove and you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to donate a kidney today. Like, (laughs) like how did you get there? Like, great advertising, uh, Sharon. But Lindsay, walk us through. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of was that simple for me because <laughs> whenever I do make a decision, that's my mind is pretty set. But I also realized, too, that my husband may not be completely on board with it. So I took it to him that evening whenever I got home. And I wasn't scared to approach him because we have a great relationship and we're, we're great communicators with each other. So I felt very comfortable talking to him about what I had seen. Um, and so when I talked with Anthony, my husband, he was very hesitant at first, which I feel like every spouse probably would be when somebody says, I want to give away an organ. And so surgery, right. Yeah, said, yeah. Right. I mean, it's not a normal decision that a lot of people make every single day. This just happened to come at the perfect time for me. And there were so many things that led to this that I felt like this was it. This is what I really need to do. I want to do. I had a calling for it. And I didn't realize I did until I talked with Sharon during our intake. And so when I was talking with Anthony about what I was proposing, he was very hesitant and he was afraid of me losing my life. I mean, death is certainly something to be very concerned about. Would I have a good quality of life? Would I be able to live a normal life? Would uh, I be able to get my own transplant if that needed to happen in the future? So he had a a lot of great questions. He's in our relationship, the more realistic person. I'm (laughs) the one that likes to think of all these great ideas (laughs) and then completely execute on him without thinking about what could potentially happen. And so he brought me down to a level playing field of let's have a real conversation about it. And we did, we really did have that great discussion. And once he had a chance to even talk with Sharon about it, and then some of my medical team later on, he was more than willing to support me in anything I needed going forward. Well, I have to say, uh, you know, this is Joey. So, so first of all, kudos to both of you, Lindsay and Sharon. I, I'm also a former uh, military, as as you, Lindsay, and uh, and it's it's such a, a great thing that you guys thinking of of the others in the military as much as you, Lindsay, and and the rest of the military have given, you know, to be able to think of of giving them a little bit of you, you know, that's amazing. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate and, and I think for 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 Lindsay, I have two questions. One, I mean, this was just a year ago, you know, and people think this is a major surgery. Right. Or, you know, it's 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 not, you know, your run of the mill, you know, uh, fingernail, you know, infection. And um, I'm pulling it off. This is you're taking out a kidney. How did you respond afterwards and, and kind of tell us to take us through that that next year? Well, The big challenge for me was post-surgery, and a lot of that had to do with my mental health. I had a great medical team, Sharon by my side, Anthony. I had a great support system. What I didn't prepare for was what that life would be like post-donation. And so as much as my social worker was telling me there's going to be a lot of changes and to expect that, you don't really know what to expect until you're actually in that situation. And so my mental health went through a a big change. I could almost equate it. I don't have children, but this is the closest I can equate it to is almost like a postpartum depression. And I had been diagnosed with depression already. And so I was familiar with the signs and the symptoms. But what I wasn't familiar with was this loss and this grief because I didn't have anything that had really 
passed away, I guess, a, a death, a physical death. But I did have a part of me come to find out that was lost. And that was my kidney. And my body was making these serious changes to it. And it, it took a while for me to recognize and to realize that I can't jump back into normal life. I, let, I need to let my body go through this process. And it, it did take a lot. I mean, it's only been three and a half months. I, I donated on May 25th. And so I'll be four months this in you know, a few weeks. And so it, it's still an ongoing process of change and learning where my body is at, being mindful of how I'm feeling and just being in that moment and accepting it and embracing it and figuring out a way to, to utilize those feelings and, and how am I going to press forward. And so, Lindsay, so just a few months, I thought it was actually earlier in the year. That is even more amazing that you're yeah. so upbeat. Everything is going. So let me ask you this. Are there any issues? I know you talked about the depression, but are there any other issues physically that you've had to overcome? So I was really into my my fitness. I, it wasn't something I was into and haven't been really over the last several years. It was only back in November that I decided to start taking my health seriously. And so that's really the catalyst when I had bad lab work from the VA that made me decide to, to shift this lifestyle change. And so here I was setting personal goals for myself and wanting to hike the Grand Canyon with Anthony. And we had all these things planned. And so I was already preparing myself to be physically limited and now I still have a sore abdomen. I mean, that's going to be around probably for quite a while since it was a major surgery. Physically, on the outside, everything is healed. I feel really good. It's just a matter of knowing where my limitations are when it comes to lifting weight and, and taking care of myself and not using some of maybe the, the, the pains that I had before as an excuse to not do something. It's a reason for me to get up and move because movement will help the healing. And so that's what I focus on. And if, if, honestly, if it hadn't have been for Dove and me making these lifestyle changes, I don't really know where my health would be right now. Wow. And, and so Sharon, so of course you're helping her walk, walk Lindsay through all this, um, everything during and, and after the transplant. So the transplant itself wasn't the only unique uh, piece of of you know Lindsay's journey, from what I heard, she's uh, part of one of the first kidney pair donations that have gone from private to, of course, the the veteran. Can you t- tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So so Lindsay um, was able to help uh, two recipients as a result of her donation because of her blood type. She's O. Uh, positive. She can donate to any blood type. And she was paired with a young Marine who had a a positive blood type. And so they were able to electively swap with another uh, pair awaiting uh, transplant at the VA. It was a husband and wife uh, team that the wife was cleared, but she just wasn't compatible. So Lindsay said, if there's a way I can help her paired veteran, Kevin, as well as another, she said, I'm in. So they underwent an exchange 
um, at the Bronx VA with Mount Sinai Hospital, where Lindsay gave her kidney to Reggie, who was blood type O, and Reggie's wife, Wendy, donated her kidney to Kevin. So that was the first exchange at the Bronx VA. Um, there aren't a lot of uh, paired exchanges that occur in the VA system. So it was very exciting because I think Lindsay helped lead the way and um, to show that this is a really powerful way to help as many veterans as we can with, uh, with one donation. So Lindsay, do you know Reggie and his family now? Did you know them before? How did that work out for I you guys? I did not know. That's what I think is great about this. I had no idea who I was going to be donating to. I just told Sharon, pair me with somebody who needs it. And Sharon took care of all of that for me. And I had the pleasure of meeting Reggie and Wendy and Kevin all after we felt a little better. We still felt pretty bad and sore, but we really wanted to meet each other. And so we made it a point to meet and hobble to each other. We were still in that phase of we can't walk very well, but we made it. We hugged. We had some some good tears, good food with each other. It was just an awesome experience. You know, Lindsay, that is so beautiful. And I'm sitting here listening um, to you and Sharon. And it just dawned on me because I used to, um, my my position at LOPA was approaching families. And um, now I support families after donations. So I'm curious, like if you could kind of sum it up in a few words, how do you feel about your decision now um, of donating a part of you to help someone else in need? Gosh, if I had multiple kidneys to give, I would keep giving them away. That's how how I feel about it. I'm even interested in donating part of my liver, which I know Sharon was telling me it's a much more extensive surgery. <laughs> but I want, I'm just that kind of person. I want to be able to donate the parts that I can because I know how critical and need they are for other people. And it's just, it's so difficult for these families to get the help that they need. So whatever I can do, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. I think serving my country, being a social worker, all these things have, have certainly played a part in my decisions. And I don't think at all I would ever not do this. It's something I will continue to do. So if there's a way to multiply my kidneys many times over, you know, anybody th- can help. You're great. I, I think you really are. But and, and I think your story is so powerful because it just hit me for the first time that being a living donor, you're almost that voice for our deceased donors. And I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to anybody else in their head. But to me, you know, we talk uh-huh. to families when mm-hmm. we ask about donation and we say, what would they want? And a lot of times people say they would want to help someone because they spent their whole life helping somebody. So to listen, you know, and one of, you know, one challenge that we sometimes have is, oh, we don't want them to go through anything else. But looking at what you've gone through is is amazing. And you didn't even know what you were stepping into because you've never lived it or walked it. But yet you said it was a, a difficult journey after, but that it still was a good decision. It was something that you would like to continue to do if you had more organs. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we just really appreciate you speaking up. And um, I think about all our, our heroes um, that have said yes, their family said yes, or they don't, signed up to be a donor to help others. And thank you for speaking up. 
Well, thank you. It's really important. Advocacy is the one thing that I am really passionate about. And especially now that I've walked in this journey and and it is a continuous journey, it's never going to end because I feel like there's always going to be a story to share, somebody to impact. And the fact that I can do this with Sharon and I have Sharon that I can turn to and as a mentor, as as a friend, and it's just incredible to know that she has helped me find passion in something and to be a voice for other people. You're a powerful voice. So, Lindsay, on my, on my way here to the uh, to the podcast studio, I had to I have to cross a, a bridge, the Mississippi River Bridge in, in Baton Rouge. And it's it's like a mile long and pretty high. And I get stopped and I'm clammy, uh, nervous. I have to hurry and get over in the other lane because I get so scared of heights. And uh, and somehow my wife talked me into climbing uh, <laughs> the basically the Coors Mountain, uh, Wilson's <laughs> Peak in, in Telluride. And it's a 14,200 14, square feet. It must be love, Joe. So, you <laughs> oh, oh it's, so you, you can imagine how nervous I was. So, of course, I was talked into it because they said, well, it's just like you hiking on trails. And then next thing you know, I'm scaling the side and we're tethered to each other. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm going to die. This is the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and then my wife, uh, you know, so I was scared on the way up. On the way down, she breaks down and she's like, can't someone get us in a helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. So then I, I hear, so, so you already have plans of now doing something that's uh, kind of become a bucket list for me, even though I don't think I'll make it. So what's this I hear about this big mountain over in Africa? Yes, and I have faith that you'll be able to take that challenge on too. <laughs> I don't think so. You might just send us pictures, Lens. I don't know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we're get, my husband and I are going to be hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, and it is something I never considered before surgery at all. Never crossed my mind to hike Kilimanjaro. I, of course, everybody's heard of these mm-hmm. huge mountain ranges, but never did it cross my mind I would actually be on one of them. And so when I heard about the opportunity with the kidney donor athletes and then Sharon connecting me to some great athletes in the, the One Bean Club community, I thought, this is fantastic how active these people are and being a voice and showing what you can still do despite some of these challenges or or situations that you've encountered in life. And I decided again to bring my wild idea to Anthony and he just kind of shook his head at me and was, you know, like a husband and wife do just kind of looked at me like, what is she doing? What is going through her mind now? And he knows, he knows me. And he was just ready to hear my pitch to him, and he was super excited as well. So that wasn't something I really had to convince Anthony to do, but he, again, was took the approach of how are we going to fund this? What are we going to do? And I was like, don't worry about all of that. Just do you want to do it? Just yes or no. <laughs> and so he said, <laughs> he said yes. I was like, we just need to figure out if we want to do this, make a decision. All the other things are just tiny parts along the way. And he thinks I'm crazy. I know he does, but it's just (laughs) these adventures that we get to enjoy together. And we are excited to be summiting. Hopefully, well, I know we're going to be summiting, but hopefully everything goes well enough of things outside of our control anyway, that we can summit Kilimanjaro on World Kidney Day, which I believe is March 10th of 23. So we are really excited about that. So you won't even be a year out. 
No, no, no. Oh gosh, didn't even think about that. Right. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be all, less than a year still, and we're doing it as a charity trek as well to help fundraise for Dove and bring awareness to living organ donation. That is incredible. Man, I feel like I need to hang out with you and do more things. <laughs> okay, so to spill that. Lindsay, I have to ask. I'm still on y'all's du- on the Dove website, the dovetransplant.org website. And um so I'm looking at pictures and I guess I just love putting the faces with na- with the names and um there's a pet pig. Do you have a pet pig? I have three pet pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this conversation can just her. keeps going. Love yes. Her. Yes, yes, I do. Look at little Anthony. Love him too. He must. He He's must awesome. love you too, just like Joe. Joey loves his <laughs> wife. There. Oh, it's I love spe- it. Yes, it's special. Dovetransplant.org is where we're finding all of this. Uh, you guys are perfectly uh, precious and just doing great things. Um, oh, I see the pig now. You got, you got to go check it out. Dovetransplant.org. <laughs> Sharon, I think your matchmaking is a hit. We love it, and we give it two thumbs up. <laughs> Wonderful. I can I can share with you that I also uh, donated my kidney a month ago. Wow. Um, you know, I was keeping it a bit quiet, um, but I I have been wanting to be part of the One Bean Club, as Lindsay <laughs> described. Um, and both of my kids were in camp over the summer, and um, I had an opportunity to donate. And so I am so proud um, that I, too, uh was able to to donate even though as Lindsay is sharing there's real you know sacrifice involved with surgery and recovery but the joy of being a donor is um it just it's it's unreal we get so much out of donating and I think that yes the emphasis should be on taking care of recipients but really talking about how much donors get from this is is a I think a good angle and a very true one yeah I thought it I was think it's great huge, too, yeah, because I just keep thinking about our families that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know, you know, because they're not there to tell them, but to hear somebody who's living and, and sharing. Yeah, I feel great. It it feels the day I donated my kidney felt like such a joyful day uh, that I knew I was able to really transform somebody's life for the better. And I was so honored to recently be asked to be a mentor to another person who was considering donation because I've always been the professional educator, um, but I've never really had the personal experience of being a donor. And I was so glad to serve the role as a mentor now and to say on my LinkedIn profile that I'm a living donor and that this is a part of my identity that I am so proud. And it it really uh, gives so much. I really want to emphasize how much being a donor means to me. I know the effect it will have on on somebody's life, but it also has changed my life for the better. And I want to really um, have that point come across that that donors get so much out of donating. Gosh, I just appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, that's, you know, when you sit there and you think you, you put a heart on your driver's license and you say, I want to help others. Mm. And y'all just Y'all just jumped ahead and said, I'm just going to do it. So that's overachievers. We love it. Really amazing. I don't even, it's hard to find the words to describe it, but thank y'all for sharing your stories. Thank you for, I don't know, being, being that voice and, and doing something with it. So many of us can think up of ideas, but to actually do it, 
That's a lot different. Thank y'all. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're making the world a better place. Yeah, like I just need to hang out with you ladies. When you come to Louisiana, let's do this. Yeah. We'll hit uh, Bourbon yeah. Street, sure. New Orleans. We'll, we'll have, have any mountains. Do we have any mountains in Louisiana? Yeah. We'll have the Coors Mountains. Yeah. We'll have a few. We'll just take yes. them over the bridge, Joe. We'll just take them over the bridge. Oh, my gosh, ladies. So amazing. Um, and then just for you guys and for those listening, want to connect you with more people tied to living donations. So if you go into our uh, Gifted Life podcast archive, episode 87 is about living donation. Um, Lindsay, uh, just like you, she said, I just want to do something nice and said, oh, I'll just donate a, donate a kidney. And so we talked to her, th- too, about how did you get there? Like, how? <laughs> How did that decision come to be? And then how did you make it happen? So that's pretty powerful. And then episode 176. If you go to episode, uh, if you go to the Gifted Life podcast on the archive episodes, you can type in 87 and 176. And that way you can learn more about living donation. We've enjoyed our conversation. We've enjoyed learning from you guys. Thanks for what you do. I feel the passion. I feel the energy, don't you? Like I'm pumped up now and I feel like I need to do more uh, yeah. with my life. <laughs> yeah. I want to go out and do something really kind for somebody today because after no. talking to y'all two ladies, this is amazing. I'm kind of scared Thank to give you. blood. And then here's Lindsay. So thanks. And, and, and I need Sharon. to put And Sharon. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's amazing. Ladies, powerful duo. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for reaching out to the Gifted Life podcast. And um, we hope that so many people hear about this and it just creates positive change. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Dovetransplant.org. Check it out today. Here on The Gifted Life, we take a moment for mental health. Yeah, and today I'm very curious as to what Nyla's got for us. See what you did there. (laughs) Curiosity, Nyla. Y'all are funny. (laughs) Okay, we try, we try. So I love the topic of curiosity and something that that we all kind of search for is happiness in our life, right? The Dalai Lama said that the joy is our one true purpose. And so curiosity can kind of open the door to a different type of life of just... It, it so many things it can do, and I'm going to go over a few of them. It can increase our intelligence and our achievement. Right. It can also increase our social relationships. Mm-hmm. It can bring happiness and meaning to life, and it also helps our brain health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it improves healthcare. So I'm going to have, like right there. That's enough for me to be a little more get curious, there. right? Mm-hmm. Gotta so, get yeah. out of your comfort zone sometimes. That's what stops me a lot. So yeah, yeah. gotta be curious. You do, and that's one of the things we'll talk about is that you know sometimes curious um, fear blocks us mm-hmm. because we're 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 nervous about asking questions. We're nervous about trying new things. Um, Why but, is she looking at me? What are yeah. we doing? What's going on here? Because <laughs> you just you get nervous. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about I thought was really neat is like social. They did this, um, our social impact, our social relationships, because healing, you can't heal alone. You have to heal in community. And like as humans, we want to be in relationships. So there is this study that they did that showed that even people with social anxiety, if you put people in a room and you give them questions, personal questions to ask, and you also respond with personal answers, um, it's not how you respond to those. It's not your tone. It's not any of that. It's just getting real with someone and being curious. Curiosity increases empathy and that increases relationships. 
I can see in conversations when when someone is engaged and is genuinely curious, even with things with me, right? It it's you want to have more conversations with that person. You want to be drawn and more engaged with that person. So I can see definitely, at least in my interactions with people, how you know, and, and I genuinely I like to be I like to know more. I, I, do too. I, I like to me knowledge. I know we talked about this before, but knowledge is power, so to speak. And and the more I know about more things, I feel like I it feel just, better though. Yeah, if I it's understand like, it. uh, yeah. I remember when you know so I met so and so, and he worked with so and so, you know, yeah. and did did this, and it's so interesting. Connections. That's yep. it. And you know, another thing about curiosity is if you can. How do you have more curiosity? One is reading, um, asking questions. The remember in elementary you learned the five W's and the H. So right. the what? Yeah. Where when? Say it. Say it. Can you say? Yeah. Can you say that? Who? What? Where? When? Why? How? A plus. Yes. <laughs> can you teach me third grade math? Because that's where I'm <laughs> curious and struggling with. Right. So ask those questions and change your you know, judgment to curiosity, because a lot of times we'll just see something and we just decide to sum it up and then make a judgment on that or make a decision about that or tell somebody what to do. And nobody wants that. So you can't know what's really going on with somebody unless you genuinely ask about them. And so, you know, if we want to bring it back to grief, one thing that you can do with grief is you might walk up to somebody who hadn't slept in a couple of days because grief can be so heavy. Um, and you could say, you could see them and say, whoa, they look terrible. Mm-hmm. And you could say that, but that would be the wrong Don't thing to do. That, Don't right? say that. <laughs> right. But how do you say it? Right. So you, you, you say, God, you look like you didn't sleep last night. Like y'all told me when I walked in. Yeah, <laughs> Joey. Well, Sorry about that, dude. I know. We're just not practicing our kindness skills. I'm kidding. But, you know, it may be looking at them and think of a statement like grief can be really heavy. And I hear sometimes you don't sleep well. How's your sleep going? And so it's really making a statement about what you see and then following up being with a genuine question. And another thing you can also do is really just tell people this is awkward. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, that is my thing. Oh, I'm I good said, at awkwardness. Especially with grief. Like, I'm like the worst person. I, like, I don't know what to say. And I tell them that, mm. like, but I'll listen. Like, tell me what you need. <laughs> yeah, just to say mm. I'm here That's for you. Feel, yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this, but I'm here for you. And so, anyway, I think if you just carry that into your life of being curious your every day, that I think you'll be very, very surprised how things can change around you. Yeah, I like so, it. Less judgment. Mm-hmm. Less judgment. Curiosity. Curiosity. I like it. Yep. Maybe you have a topic you'd like for us to cover here on The Gifted Life. Simply email us. It's easy. Info at thegiftedlife.org. In today's question and answer segment, can anyone donate a kidney to a person waiting? The answer is yes. So, uh, so. Generally speaking, when someone is willing to donate, they know someone who's on the waiting list who are who has kidney failure, maybe on dialysis, and uh, in that situation, uh, obviously that person would be uh, worked up at a transplant center. They'd be followed by you know some of the physicians at the transplant center, and you would go to that transplant center and and get worked up yourself uh, to be a potential living kidney donor for that for your loved one. Oftentimes you are compatible or sometimes you are compatible, then oftentimes you aren't, obviously, because as we've spoken before about all the different types of compatibility and incompatibility uh, that go into it. So if you aren't compatible, 
there still is a pathway for you to be able to impact your friend, family member, loved one, and and get them that kidney transplant. And that's through kidney do- uh, pair donation, as we spoke about earlier. So uh, so in that situation, of course, the the uh, your kidney may not go to your loved one, but it may go to someone else who then can who who they have a, a, a partner, so to speak, to to that will donate goes to someone else goes to someone else, and then ultimately you'll be the fourth part of that chain. Oh, wow. So uh, and then sometimes people don't know anyone and they just want to donate altruistically. And we've we've had a couple people on the podcast in the past that were altruistic donors. And in in those uh, situations, you can just go to the transplant center that's nearest you or whichever one you would like to go to and uh, and let them know. And they'll start working you up and then they'll pair you up with someone at their transplant center. Yeah, I love those stories. Maybe you're curious about living donation. You want to learn a little bit more. Uh, you can always go to unos.org. That's U-N-O-S.org. Uh, there you can find your nearest organ procurement organization, or OPO, uh, your nearest transplant center. And then under the Patients tab, you can learn more about living donation at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. And yes, we hope that y'all will call in with questions and um, your feedback. We love hearing from y'all. If you have a question, please call 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today, our hero is William Kyles, Jr., And we learn about William from his family. William was one of the good ones. His personality and heart of gold rubbed off on everyone. He will be missed. Our family is thankful his gift of life could be shared so others can live on. And now we pause and say thank you to William for the gift of life. is going to do it for episode 196 of The Gifted Life. Good one. Yes, it was. I mean, so many surprises. Great, great conversation. Special thanks to Sharon Kreitzer and Lindsay Gutierrez for sharing their stories, powerful stories. Thanks to to Sharon for also founding Dove Transplant and thinking of, of all those veterans, those who serve their country, you know, to be able to serve them in a way that, you know, that's, that's, again, they're underserved, as we talked about. There's a gap. So great, great things that they're doing. They're oh, just amazing. Making a difference, yeah. Yeah, to think that they just wake up one day and make this world a better place like that. So positive change. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Hope it rubs off on all of us, right? Oh, Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, you can register anytime as an organ, eye, and tissue donor at registerme.org, the best place to find us on our website, thegiftedlife.org. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. Really helps other people find our podcast. And after listening today, we know why that's so important. On social, guys, you can like our page on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram, at Gifted Life Pod. Our ask is that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We're one big team. Until next time. (laughs) 
This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nyla Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs>